Casey. Michelle. You ready to do this? Yeah. Let's get into it. I cannot wait till we talk about John Mulaney because this is crazy that he already has moved on. I guess that gives us our intro. <laughs> I thought so. I just really can't get over how quick, like, so, I mean, well, yeah, we're going to dive right in, folks. Uh, I, for all, uh, for optical reasons, uh, John Mulaney full on, like, started an affair with Olivia Munn before he, he divorced his wife or filed for divorce. Uh, and I'm literally so sad. On so and this, yeah, this is probably like, the, I mean, Michelle and I were just like, I would say gobsmacked. Yeah. Of just you hear about the divorce, and then it was like two days later, we started hearing like he's already with Olivia Munn, and then it, it's like, wait, what? And then it starts to slowly piece together, which has been really fun to read all the pieces that are coming together because people were like, oh, she tweeted support to him when he entered rehab, so that was like the first sign, and then. And then other rumors were like, oh, well, they've met at church years ago and they've been friends since. And it's like, when are either of these people going to church? And like, what church is this? Yeah, let's be real. <laughs> Do we not remember that John Mulaney was like, I basically am Jewish by proxy now. And like, when had he ever talked about going to church? Well, when did he ever say he was Jewish by proxy? Well, he talked about it in a stand up with his wife when he was talking about oh. his wife and how he like yeah. very much when he would go into her, at least in the last his last show that I saw, he talks about his, like, not necessarily his ideologies match with Judaism, but he, like, understood that religion a lot more and, like, gravitated to it. Oh, and yeah. If weird. anybody actually does their research, that's why I never understand the anti-Semitic rhetoric or just in general, because I'm like, no, but they make more sense. Do you guys not understand? Like, they make the most sense well not the whole like not being able to eat anything that tastes good that part doesn't make no sense no but that's every i mean every other area has no i know any other religion has like you know there i mean look at catholicism and when when i was episcopalian we also took uh i was very confused by this as a child eating the body of christ and being like this is a wafer yeah so what and also Mm -hmm. like we're this is supposed to be flesh or like i don't this is fucked up. Like, yeah, you- should we be calling Army Hammer? Like, yeah. what's going on? And I would just be like, I would just wait until the end of the service to be like, get my wafer. <laughs> like, Getting my snack. Oh, after my having to pray. Yeah. yeah. So bizarre. So no, Judaism like has always just like logically, I've been like, they aren't making like their their made belief stories are I'm much more on board with eight crazy nights of oil than you know, the body of Christ resurrecting <laughs> and like this guy being the child of God and all, you know, get out of here. <laughs> we should go, we should probably go back. Should we go back? Okay. I mean, I'll get canceled over that. That's fine with me over my religious views. Sure. Uh, but yeah, so we, uh, so that was the first thing. It was like, oh, they've known each other for a while. They met in church and then, and she supported him through a tweet and then we started getting some really fun background stories that people were emailing into, most specifically Dumois. Do, uh, should we, do, we, do you know how to spell it? D-U-A. D-U-D-U-D-E-U-X. 
M-O-I, which is a very popular Instagram handle that is managed by someone who is anonymous that says that they're somehow connected to the entertainment world. We don't really know how, but they're constantly updating blind items and then sometimes legit stories about what's about to go um, public in like the more mainstream news, which ends up happening, although they didn't. They only have since then given a lot of this information about Olivia Munn's past. Um, There was no, like, heads up about this. Because as Casey mentioned, Monday was the announcement of him filing for divorce. He performed Monday at City Winery. Yeah. He has Um, apparently been doing a sold-out, like, showcase at City Winery. And Chris Rock also, you know, stopped in and did a set. Yeah, a bunch of celebrities have been performing at City Winery because they have an outdoor um, area and obviously the cellar lately because, you know, all of these places are now reopening. But um, and he did talk about his um, rehab stint and some of that, but he didn't obviously mention anything about the wife. And then three days later, we have to give my mom some credit because she's the one that sent us the article. So thanks, Randy. Um that, and then we googled and we were like yeah it had like been we like trust randy we trust yeah, you obviously like but 40, we were like whoa 45 minutes the story had been up and then it was just everywhere yeah and so one of the fun dumois stories that came out was talking about how in the fall it sounds like well yeah no yeah it would have been the fall yeah okay so Melanie went to rehab like january february for 60 day stint in pennsylvania He's more like New York based, but then this Dumois, there's a Dumois story that comes out of somebody who was walking, who is his neighbor, and they were walking with a friend along the street in LA in the fall. And at that point, like anybody, you were allowed, that was all you could do was like walk outside and you still had to have a mask on outside in LA in the fall. And it was like the only way you could get exercise or like see anybody. And they, were they weren't like almost hit in the street but they said like somebody barreled up the road and it was olivia munn literally applying lip gloss and also take it with a grain of salt it's you know some random person we don't have actual information on but i love this story because the details are just like too specific but yeah they were walking along olivia munn comes up in her tesla suv that was part of the specific story (laughs) and she's putting on lip gloss and she's not really like paying attention to anybody else in the room. like didn't make eye contact with them or anything but then pulls into Melanie's house and the neighbor was like is that Olivia Munn like oh interesting I guess she's friends with John yeah so that was and, like one of them and then the other thing is they did a lot of backstory following Olivia Munn especially her relationship with people from SNL yeah which I gotta give her props to because this is what I would do I would she be was- such I know a she's hoe bag for Casey. everybody on SNL. I mean, she dated, she, yeah, everybody that she's linked to that Michelle can tell you about is everybody like on my list that I would have targeted as well. No, I mean, at that point, Casey <laughs> is living vicariously through Olivia Munn because yeah. it was like Jason Sudeikis, Will Forte, um, who else? And apparently, she was supposedly, whenever like in the offices, like trying to chat it up with John at the time. But John, when he was on SNL, was a very different john mulaney we're talking like a 25 to 30 ish year old like like man child more so he wasn't doing he didn't get the stand-up 
career that he had while he was at SNL. He was still doing stand up, but then he went, he left SNL to become John Mulaney, the stand up. And he had that show that was, that did terribly. That got yeah, I think there were a couple of them, to be honest. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was like Mulaney on TBS. I think because because he was such a, he was, that, wasn't he, got, he the head writer? I was about to, that point? was literally sinking yeah. up. We are sinking up. <laughs> I was literally being like, wait, was he a co head writer or close to a head writer? And because I, I don't know. Because I feel like the entire time Mulaney was there, Seth was the head writer oh, at yeah. that time. But there might have, but maybe not. There might have been a year or two with Mulaney being the head writer. Because no, no, I think it went from Seth to Colin. Yeah. But um, uh, irregardless, uh, yeah, he, I'm just here for that part, Olivia Munn. But Olivia Munn has had a reputation for many, many years of, being linked to people that are in relationships or going through a separation or if she just gets into a lot of messy situations yeah um i mean there are a lot of people that say she was part of the cause as to why justin and um cameron diaz broke up that's crazy. do you think she was i feel like, well, well they did yeah, I guess right she- after so I know. I just think the time in my head, Olivia like wasn't even like working yet, but she would have been like starting out around then. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I never was a fan of Olivia. I didn't necessarily. I mean, most of the stuff she's in is kind of hit or miss. Anyway, she's not a bad comedic actress. Yeah, true. I appreciate that more so than any other kind of acting she's tried. Well, that's also what Dumas was saying is that she thinks she's like this A-list star and that's kind of a part of the reason why she's not in a lot of stuff because she thinks she's like more, she deserves more dramatic scene, you know, dramatic roles than she's gotten. But also, Casey mentioned, it could be that she was blacklisted for a lot of these relationships. She, quote unquote, is responsible for ending, although... It is important to remember that she was with Aaron Rodgers for a while, who then left, who we also know has, like, quote-unquote, been, um, I was almost going to say charged, accused of, you know, blurring the lines with relationships as oh, well. he did. Yeah, and this was before so, Danica Patrick. And, right, and right before Danica, yep. Unfairly, the press and or everybody else, like, somehow blamed Olivia Munn for Aaron Rodgers not, like cutting off his family and stopping his communication with his family. But it was like, what does Olivia have to do with any of this? And since they've broken up, I don't think he's like spoken to his family again. No, he still isn't. So like Aaron Rodgers is the suspect here, folks, like not Olivia Munn on that situation, but there was never anything that she's done that I've been like, like this is an amazing performance. I think the only thing I can really point out would be, I picked up on her at first in the daily show and I really liked her. And I think she's really, and I was like, this woman's really gorgeous too. Like immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't falter. She's a gorgeous woman. And I mean, yeah. Yeah. What I will. Yeah. And then it's just like, she ended up in the X-Men apocalypse movie, which is probably the worst of the X-Men. And I'm obsessed with the X-Men series, especially when you get the James McAvoy and the Michael Fassbender she wasn't, you know, she wasn't bad in it. She wasn't good in it. It's all mediocre across the board, better than terrible. She's not a terrible actress. Right. 
Um, but what I will give her huge props for is when she was an X-Men apocalypse, Brian Singer still, I, I know I shouldn't be so obsessed with these movies, even though he's such a terrible person. Brian Singer, who somehow has escaped being canceled, um, is also, as he's been accused of sexually assaulting like multiple young boys and like drugging them in his home um, for like Hollywood parties and stuff like that. Uh, he hired his friend who he's continued to like hire before who is a registered sex offender for sexually assaulting minor girls who has like multiple offenses against him. And I think serve time. And Olivia found this out like well after they were shooting and she was like, I'm, I'm not okay with this. You need to pull this guy from the movie. How is anybody all right with this? Like somebody needs to say something and she was told, like, by the studio and by Brian Singer and by all the other actors, like, shut the fuck up. I was just going to say, keep yeah. your mouth shut. Yeah. This is a $500 million projected film. Like, this is a franchise. Like, be quiet. No, and know she, your role, basically. Yeah. And she was like, no, I won't be. And so throughout the press tour, she continued to point out that, like, they were employing a sex offender. And... I think a couple of the actors from the film have since come forward saying like we should have supported Olivia when she was pointing this out and the studio was silencing her and all this stuff. So that's where I'm going to go like kudos Olivia Munn, but she's going to get torn apart for this. And at the end of the day, it has a lot to do with John Mulaney. Like this is his decision. He, you know, I mean, like, let's try. I mean, I should do this with every celebrity, but because I obviously love John, I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe Olivia was just a friend up until the divorce and she was just there to help. No. You know that that divorce <laughs> would not have happened unless he started moving on with somebody else before. Cause that's the kind of person he is. He's a great, like we love him. Don't get me wrong, but you also know the exact psych profile of any famous comedian. comedian like, it is I beyond need, damage. I need to not be so in love with comedians. They're just no. So... It's cool. You can love a damaged person. That's fine. But innately, what <laughs> makes somebody yeah. a good comedian is a combination of self hatred and trauma. Yeah. And yeah. that's obviously not going to necessarily end in a positive, healthy relationship with someone else. Yeah. Or being able to treat people well because you're so self-loathing yeah. and yeah. But we love you, John. And we love, I mean, I'm, I'm on board with this relationship to be the, perfectly honest with you. Prior to knowing this behind the scenes, I did send the text to both my mom and Casey saying, I see this relationship working, but now hearing more of this backstory, I actually don't know if it'll last, but we'll see. I mean, I think she's had a really bad luck of the draw. Like, I, I think she's invested more and the guys pull out and, and correct. Yeah. And they move on to a quote unquote, something better, something younger or whatever. Um, but what will be interesting is, I mean, he was very vocal about not wanting kids, at least with the ex-wife. They didn't want kids. They were content. And I'm very curious because I feel like she has been very vocal about wanting kids. Oh, okay. That I could see there being like a slap in the face to Anna and like she'll I be mean, pregnant. 
isn't this just the story at the end of every day of just like I'm gonna spend 15 years in this relationship and then this is what I hope does not happen with Seth Rogen and his wife too because everyone's like wait you guys don't have kids and he's like no we don't want kids and that I that I believe with them but you know we see this time and time again yeah like uh I'm gonna tell you what I don't want and then six months later I'm gonna turn around and introduce you to my 25 year old pregnant girlfriend yeah well, it's interesting you say that because in the most recent interview that I saw that Seth Rogen did, someone asked again about the kids. And yeah, that's why. That, I, yeah. He I said that up. he would be more willing to nudge on that and that the and that the wife is more vocal about not having kids. Oh, that's definitely. OK, well, I also read in the last one that he said, if, like, um, I mean, I don't know what interview it was. So maybe we're reading different interviews. But he was saying, if we decide, if we had had children, I can't, I wouldn't have had to have, I wouldn't be able to live the life that I'm living. Which is true. No, yeah. of course. And I mean, let's be and real. And so he was like, we wouldn't he be able to do anything we wanted. Age. Yeah. It's but he was, he was saying that he didn't want children. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, but anyway, yeah. So that's probably the hot off the press is from, you know, our last pod um in terms of like the connection of what we talked about i would say another big one another story that's been big this week is the backlash of um the golden globes so as a reminder um not only did the golden globes get called out for being you know on out of touch with the most recent nominations but there also was a huge LA Times investigation um, that revealed that the Hollywood Foreign Press had no black journalists within its membership, that it had a lot of other ethical lapses, like it was, um, you know, definitely showcasing what it was more interested in, like in terms of money and paying off a lot of pay, a lot of money being, you know, put under the table, things like that. for nominations and wins. Yeah, you could basically buy your win, was what they were saying. Exactly. And, um, you know, earlier, I think it was either last week or this week, they had come out with, the Hollywood Foreign Press had come out with, like, what they deemed were their changes and how they were going to address um, some of the diversity issues. I think one of which they announced that they were hiring a chief diversity officer but honestly a lot of what they had come up with was very very surface level and it was not really hitting the bottom you know the main meat and potatoes of what the issues are and so as a result this week NBC announced that it wouldn't air the 2022 Golden Globes that they were open for 2023 based off of um, Hollywood Farms Press quote unquote committed to meaningful reform um, and then other studios, including Netflix, Amazon, and Warner Media, have all said that they're not going to work with Hollywood Foreign Press um, until they enact these reforms. There were a bunch of celebrities this week that came out. Um, Scarlett Johansson and Mark Ruffalo criticized um, the HFPA, saying uh, Scarlett saying that the their journalist behavior is on borderline sexual harassment. And that she's tired of doing their events. Oh, interesting. Okay. And then um, our favorite celebrity, and which you can't tell, hopefully, from that line <laughs> of the um, 
Should I just do the Oprah intro intro for him? <laughs> what you mean, Tom Cruise's and intro? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna... Tom Cruise. Cut to him jumping on a uh, couch. On a couch. Um, he actually returned his three Golden Globes to the organization because he doesn't want to basically be affiliated with the uh, organization. So right now, the Hollywood Foreign Press is basically scrambling to save itself because, I mean, they clearly have not done much since what they said they were going to do. And if they want to find someone to air their show, they got to move quickly because I don't envision CBS and ABC saying, yeah, we're ready to uh, take this on. Yep. I have two, two. I have one statement and two questions. So I'll yeah. do my statement first. Um, I am very saddened by this because this is my favorite award show because I know. They, they this has traditionally been hosted in the past 10 years by Ricky Gervais or uh, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Ricky, honestly, I, I don't know where I stand with Ricky. When I don't hear him, I hate him. And then when I start hearing him and I start seeing him impressed, I'm like, oh, I like Ricky. But in general, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm a huge Ricky fan. Makes sense. I got it. And, um, and, and it's always super fun because somebody always gets too loaded because they don't feed them and they only give them champagne and it's very amusing, but I can understand why this needs to happen. And question to you, do you, were there, do you know of any other things that they announced that they said that they were going to be doing to like step it up or like what they were supposed to? Um, I or if it was it. like just the diversity officer, which they should have hired, you know, 10 years ago. No, exactly. Um, let me see. I can find it quickly if okay. you have the other question. That yeah. You and then the see. other question is, is, did we confirm or are we just going off of what Los Culturistas said about, because, you know, everybody had the same thought process and the, and the same amazing joke of like, wait, Tom Cruise has three Golden Globes? Yeah, no, he does. It's for um, Jerry Maguire, Born on the Fourth of July, and Magnolia. And, and Magnolia. Men. Oh, Magnolia. Oh, okay. Magnolia. But did he, like Las Culturistas said, do we, is it confirmed that he walked into their physical offices and hand them no, back? No, he oh, did okay. not do that. Okay. They, that was just um, my boy. Um, Matt Rogers? Matt Rogers being exaggerating okay i think he sent them gotcha classic long island staple of exaggeration (laughs) yeah i mean that's why i love him for anyone who isn't listening to last culturistas it's i mean we shouldn't be advertising that it's the gay male version of us a younger gayer version of us more talented because they sing and they actually are on key Um, yeah and bowen is now going to be the face of comedy for the yes. next generation it's bowen yang from snl for those that don't know and matt rogers who is also like a pretty prominent comedic actor um, yeah host. he's definitely gonna get you know you'll, he'll start getting more work and he'll start becoming a bigger name but yeah i think we mentioned them every podcast so yeah do we oh i, I, think, I so. think we did <laughs> i feel like we do okay so yeah, so I was just curious about those facts of the Golden Globes because that would be really hilarious if that was the only thing that they were like, we're actively seeking people of col- journalists of color and we hired a diversity officer. It's like, oh God. Yeah, and to your point, like hiring a diversity officer like that should have happened 10 years ago because you already know that this all the things they want to do is going to take like forever to go yeah. to like fruition. And you shouldn't be needing to seek 
journalists of color because they you don't need to be like they're available to you they should have been included this whole time i mean it's yeah just i mean crazy. it's not like yesterday was the first day that we allowed black people to be in in movies like you know yeah i mean what's going Although on with the asian american community way. like the asian com- american community needs a lot more visibility and support like they are just getting like oh my god i'm just it's just terrible what's going on yeah to you trump yay okay that's as political as we're gonna get yeah but um, if you can't find anything then yeah no i mean i could but it'll take too long so we'll just move on but i mean basically everything that they were doing was very surface level and it's not really gonna do anything that moves the needle and i'm very impressed that um you know some big wigs are pulling out pulling pulling out making statements and um to your point, yeah, I am sad because not only is it fun with the host, but it is one of the only award shows where you get to see both TV and movies together. And they all interact with each and they other all and it's, interact. Oh. And yeah, I mean, and they sit at the round tables together. And yeah, you get a lot of exposure to things that you wouldn't in just Grammys or just, you know, you know, movies or whatever. So. But, you know, maybe they take a year off, take a break, reassess. It's like a team. It's like the Knicks. They just took more than a year. Um, And the other award shows can get fun, like the Golden Globes, if they would just do. But that also has to do with the size of the theater and all that, blah, blah, blah. But, like, the Oscars, when they're all sitting, this is the first time they had round tables. And they're all, like... I mean, the Oscars felt very Golden Globe-ish this season. And I know a lot of people didn't like it. And it was one of the worst you know rated yeah facing hour down so if they just want us to produce everything and have four people watch it we're ready i would love nothing more to be a professional host yeah yeah i mean i don't know if i'd want to be the host but i definitely would want to have creative involvement in the show so i could be like an executive producer and you can be the host and dennis will direct yeah that works so yeah. we, we figured it out we're You're here welcome Hollywood Foreign Press, give us a call. Yeah. <laughs> I love that we also mentioned Dennis like every episode. <laughs> yeah. Dennis and Randy and Bo and Yang. Okay. <laughs> That's our crew, bro. Um, all right. Our and... interns. <laughs> <laughs> and Jerry O'Connell is our intern as well. Oh my God. If only. He if only. oh, his kids got um vaxxed the other day and he was like, they got the microchip. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> so great i love you so much um yeah so let's go to people we don't love or do you want to do you still love ellen or what's going on yeah Um, i mean it's genetically like imposed on you i feel like so i do love i did love her but you know it is time yeah i mean i think i've said this before having i do feel for her in that her first chapter second chapter of her career she went through a lot after coming out and the backlash but do I think that equates to creating a toxic work environment and not accounting, not taking accountability? No. So no, it's it's very yeah. Unfortunately, her latest actions have made me not like her. So Ellen's show is coming to an end after eighteen years. Twenty twenty two, it it'll be ending. Yeah, and so she announced that this week and made a point to say it's not because of the 
previous past year's issues, which why would like, of course it is. How, why would you even pro- try to pretend that it's not? Because if it's not directly related to that, it's a trickle down effect of like your ratings are lower. You're exhausted by being in the public eye now because everybody's turned on you. And so you're getting followed. You're already being followed and papped, but it had a more positive light. And now every headline is like, sad Ellen gets her mail. Like it's, you know, and uh, uh, why you're at her age with the amount of money that she has, why would you even spend any time you know, having to read any of that stuff about you. Like if I were her, yeah, I definitely would have called it quits when the first accusations came out and I would have done like a huge bailout payout to the staff. That's what she should have done instead of now doing another year. I mean, she did the interview uh, with Savannah Guthrie the next day. Guthrie? Yeah, sorry. Okay. Guthrie? Yeah, is it a G-U-T-H? I don't watch NBC um, news, so... I mean, although I do love me some Hoda. Um, but yes, I mean, obviously she did a Savannah interview, which is going to be like much easier interview than let's say like an Oprah or, you know, someone that's going to really ask. No one's going to actually, yeah, like get into it with, um, you know. Yeah. And like in the interview, she basically says that like she didn't understand what was going on she still doesn't really understand it um you know basically not taking any accountability she didn't she say she can't be held accountable for because she didn't know so because she was ignorant to everything it's not her responsibility like yeah and it's like also okay this isn't a fortune 500 fortune 500 company where there's thousands of people working for you it's a set I got to think it's under 100 people. You can know what's going on with a set of under 100 people. And for you to decide that this is beneath you showcases why you shouldn't have your own show. And honestly, it should have ended last year when all the stuff came out. But she wanted to save face. She doesn't want to acknowledge that she is a root of it. And it's really sad to see her not take any accountability when it could have been so easy. She could have just said, I was not aware of what was going on. I was wrong for not being aware of what was going on going forward. I will make sure that people are treated fairly, that we get the health insurance, all the claims that we're coming out. Like we're bringing in an outside firm to assess the situation and make, and consult us on who should be let go and you start talking to the interns first and then the assistants and then like you need you, you go start to the at the up, bottom. You know that those are the people getting the brunt of the hate and being treated like crap. And again, it's not that hard to admit you're wrong and then make actions showcasing how you're going to change. That is really all that I think the public eye is looking for these days. And for you not to make those changes just shows more of who you are as a person. And, um, you know, it's going to be, I know, again, not to quote Dennis, but it is interesting to see, like, is she going to do anything to, tr- to help those employees who, you know, have been with her for all these years and haven't been given the health benefits and all the other benefits they needed? And she's a multimillionaire that is probably getting a really good deal. And like, will she give them any money before she leaves? I'm going to say no. 
Correct. We are both going to say no. And then that's what's going to speak volumes. And she keeps saying like, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. But it's like, but uh, unfortunately, actually, at the end of the day, you aren't. Saying it and doing it are two very different things. And it wouldn't have taken that much time. It would have taken probably. Or money. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. But I was just taking a step back to comment on some previous stuff of like, when you were saying you think the set is probably 100 people, I think after I was watching James Corden this week, and I think he was saying like his whole staff is like 200 for his late night show. So what is so difficult? It'll take you time and you actually have to do it. But what is so difficult for you bringing somebody from HR from CBS, sitting with them, and then having a 30 minute meeting with essentially all of your staff members from the bottom up to be like, yeah, you need it's, what's going on. Where do we need to get fit? Because there's going to be specific people that are the root of the problem creating this environment. And if you were ignorant to it, that's when you can get in front of it and be like, we, yep. we are taking these accusations seriously. Like, please tell me of times where you felt your like rights were violated. Yep. And you were I mistreated. Mean, yeah. Companies can change their person persona where there's thousands of people working there than a small set of 200 whatever that number is it's not a big number that you can say you raise up your hands and say I can't make a change yeah and regardless of all the tv money she's made when Ellen lost her show she became a go-to name in house flipping in LA and had multi-million dollar house flips going on all the time where these homes were, you know, 20 to 30 to $40 million that she was flipping. And so she are like, there's not like, she has access to so many people who have gone to so many business schools to understand how to organize situations that she could literally just text and have at her fingertips. Yeah, it's not even the money. It's it's just the giving a shit. And yeah, like having the you know her Rolodex is unlike most people in Hollywood because all the people she's interviewed, all the previous roles she's been in, the Disney money she has from Finding Nemo and Finding Dory, like yeah, that's not. So if you even have a payout, you shouldn't take a fucking dime from that. Payout. Has no kids to support. So like, you know, again, not that I'm spending her money for her, but it's, you can't cry that there's not enough money to fix the problem because yeah. it's not even requiring a lot of money. It's really more of the heart and like the consideration behind it. Yeah. But yeah. She but should we work both... for the Hollywood Foreign Press because they're all aligned. They're all messes. And it's just, it's, yeah, they're 10 to 15 years behind the social trends that are changing. The way not, we treat people. And not to say that as a gay woman, she should know better, but she's a gay woman that has dealt with persecution and has been treated shit in a bad way. So, like, she should be more considerate of others. You can't say she's a white male that has never dealt with any persecution their own and doesn't know better. Yeah. Uh, but then, uh, you know, Obviously, so the flip of that for the last that of she's 20 years, no, she's been one of the yeah. most like go to like uh, one of the names that can pull some fucking weight in Hollywood. So what we would expect, and maybe that's really actually like privileged and obnoxious of us to say as straight white women, like, because you've had to go through your hardships and you got your career pulled out from under you for your sexuality, like where's the humbleness and the humility. So maybe, you know, we shouldn't really put that on her because she is 
our parents' generation, and she's been no, famous but- and rich for 40 fucking years. True, but... Yeah. I mean, I gotta believe she's been involved in some gay organizations and you know giving you would like to think but i don't i think that's where the problem but now i don't think she is yeah i've never seen her do something for trevor project or has she but that doesn't mean she hasn't like no but does she bring did she ever bring up a lot of things on her show i don't watch the show so okay i was thinking that for a while you and your mom were like in the very beginning yeah she had our first dj tony who i loved yes and Tony has come out and said that she was not a good boss then. Tony was not her first DJ, though. Her first DJ was the actor from Scary Movie, Johnny Abraham. Really? Because I yeah. only watched the first. Then I might be the racist and I'm confusing a couple of the DJs. But I was watching it when Johnny Abraham was the DJ. And I was like, oh, that's the actor from Scary Movie. And now he's a DJ. Resident DJ from 2003 to 2006, and then again from 20, 2008 to 2013 with oh, okay. Tony. So maybe I, I definitely the, watched the 06 to 08. Yeah. That would have made sense. Well, yeah. yeah. That would have been college. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it was a British black dude. So, of course, I was on board with Tony. <laughs> yeah, I once mean, Johnny came, or I don't even know if his name was John Abraham, but I was I liked Scary Movie a lot. Yeah. Yeah. We the know. first one. Only the first one. Um, should we move on to the 800 breakups? Yeah. 800 breakups that Casey's excited about. Woo! Go for it, girl. All right. So this is a name that, uh, like, and I honestly have actively thought in the past, I'm like, where's Jason Siegel been at? Like, where's, but I guess he's doing more of like the Muppet stuff and I'm just not into that. So I'm not really paying attention. Um, but he's actually been cropping up. He did a limited series TV show the past year. About like being in a uh, like a cult, like a tech cult or something. I don't. Oh, know. that's we, we'll, we'd have to IMDb it. I didn't yeah. watch it. I remember when it was released, and people were like, "Oh, this is interesting," because I think um, maybe John Slattery is in it too, or it might be confusing two shows together. But I was like, "Oh, this is nice," because I miss Jason Segel. Yeah. Um, but I know. Yeah, he. I saw him do an interview. Uh, within the past year where he was talking about how he had moved to Ojai and he had really just kind of, you know, he's out, out of the lifestyle. He doesn't want to have anything to do, to do with it. And he and his girlfriend moved to Ojai. Um, but he and his girlfriend of apparently eight years, like they, they guess they've been pretty low key. Cause he's been pretty well sought after in terms of like the ladies that I know would be like, well, wasn't, Oh, remember when he was with Michelle Williams, that was a couple that, we definitely well, it was like right after um, Heath Ledger passed. Oh, okay. So that would have been right after his like relationship with Linda Cardellini too. Yeah. Yeah. That I did not recall because that what is that fifteen years ago now? I'm Ugh, thinking. I don't. I don't want to think about that. I think please. that is. I think their kid is like fourteen. Yeah. Um. I and, mean, Apple Paltrow is like. Oh, we won't. It, yeah. The fact, yeah. Well, that <laughs> yeah, one. Brutal. That was the crate. Remember when that was the craziest name we heard? And and she seems like such a good kid, too. I know. <laughs> and so does Moses. And I'm like, oh, poor Moses. Your name is crazy. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so yeah, Jason Siegel was dating this woman, Alexis. Um, I can't. This name is so hard for me to say. Mizter. M-I-Z-T-E-R. Mizter. I can't. I just like my tongue won't let me do it. Uh, and uh, she's an artiste of some kind. And uh, they broke up after eight years. He's a serial monogamous. So we'll see what happens next. And he gets in these chunk 
long relationships. Yeah, eight yeah. years ain't no scratch. That's no, and he was with Linda Cardellini for I think five or six. Yeah. Uh, and also uh, Katie Holmes and her chef boyfriend, Emilio Vitulio Jr. They lasted, um, you know, good for them for having a little uh, COVID romance. <laughs> There's still been sightings of them together since the announcement of the breakup. So we don't know if that one's confirmed. Yeah. But I'm going to say, I mean, Michelle's saying like, hey, and I'm like, no, I'm going with breakup. And she's like, I'm I'm not defending This thing has run its course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could care less what happens to Katie, but. I know. And I think this might be the last we'll see of him. I don't think it's going to be one of those things where then he gets to like his because every once in a while that those will happen but my gut is like we won't that is a pretty hot spot restaurant that he owns so he is he's kind of like the Rocco Despierto back in the day like the hot chef that has a successful restaurant that everyone wants to date although if you see what Rocco looks like now whoa (laughs) so we'll see maybe you know you know maybe because he seemed you know like he was really enjoying the limelight so how yeah. could you not it's free publicity to your restaurant in so in soho which is already a trendy area so well because then it becomes do you even care about the food or you're here for the celebrity of it you know let's be we we want the people that are here for the food for the food yeah, yeah. uh and and then i'm we're sure like you know we're pretty sure everybody we're not pretty sure if you haven't heard about this then i want to move into the rock that you're living under but yeah, Bill Gates and Melinda Gates have filed for divorce, so we get to watch this like one of the most expensive divorces go down forever. But one the the two things that people uh, like rumors are swirling around. So if you just read the headlines, then you read that. But there are some very b- interesting background information coming out that like he basically was was probably allowed to semi i wouldn't say an open relationship but he spent a weekend once a week one weekend a year with his ex-girlfriend in their hideaway home yeah that was an interesting story yep so that was probably an agreement that happened before they got married i would got i gotta guess or at one point bill came to melinda and was like this is what i need and we have three young kids and, and i like, think this it was is after. what i want to do and yeah. and she would be like well either we divorce and ruin this entire you know, Bill and Melinda saving the world situation now and ruin our daughter's lives, or we grow up and let them live a lie the entire time for our that's 25 what I year think, marriage. That's <laughs> what I think was more likely to happen because when she got with him, he wasn't like a, the billionaire that he is now. Yeah, but so they I don't were. Think he would have been able to have that leverage of being like, yeah, here's my ex girlfriend that I want to date every month. You know, I think it was as they got, you know, more and more. Well, successful in the real world, and he realized he had all this clout. Both no, I would say it was probably a conversation that occurred very early on because he went to the ex girlfriend to get permission to marry Melinda. Oh, god, yeah, okay, like, yeah, he broke up, they were together, not compute, they were (laughs) all these people. It's just like you know he was like she there was probably a conversation at one point where melinda was like what is your relationship with your ex-girlfriend he's like she's never gonna not be in my life so it's just somebody that you need to accept is a part of my life and yeah so um that is part and then apparently she also started consulting a lawyer two years ago when 
uh, the Epstein case was the headlines and Gates, the pictures of Bill Gates with Epstein were coming forward. And Bill Gates has never been accused of anything or involved at the level of like maybe Bill Clinton was with Jeffrey Epstein. But uh, Melinda apparently told Bill like, I do not like this guy. I do not have a good feeling. You're not allowed to like do business or socialize with him. And Bill stepped back from that relationship. But I wouldn't be surprised if I don't think we'll see Bill photos of Bill on the island. But I would not be surprised if we see money that came from Bill to fund Epstein without really knowing what or investments they put in together. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone was in bed with Epstein, it seems like. Yeah. And that at that level. And I mean, and that's, that's where the what QAnon people kind of make sense, but we don't want to give them any. I would never. I mean, I love that that's on record out of your mouth because I'm well, going to state right. There are a lot of pedophilias that are hanging out. So maybe the QAnon theory was just like about Jeffrey Epstein. Epstein yeah, that's And then they I mean. think it's all across the board. But then if you're going to turn around, but then QAnon is also like, oh, we're going to ignore this whole Matt Gates scandal of that, yeah, the no. exact same thing that he's doing of, yeah, uh, yeah of uh, and we're also going to re- underage girls. But we're also going to remove sex trafficking. Yeah. Because she criticizes Dude. I mean, I'd be so stoked if this party breaks up. But then I, but then the, this is the beginning of Gilead, which is the beginning of Handmaid's Tale. It's the beginning of the end. It's basically what we're going to say. So on that note, should we move on to what we're watching? Yeah. uh, Yeah. I don't have anything new from the entirety of that huge list that I gave last week. Michelle, do you have anything new? Nothing new. But I think we need to dedicate at least five minutes to talk about the... And we got technically 15 available to us. The masterpiece that is our organized crime and the way that they're weaving in the SVU storyline. Because as someone who hasn't even kept up with SVU, but obviously knows the nuts and bolts of Stabler and um, Benson's relationship... It is like they had this ready to go 10 years ago with obviously updates because there's the COVID piece and there's all these other elements. Oh, well, we can talk about the COVID piece too, because that's hilarious. But no, so if we'll take a, okay, so uh, we'll take a a moment back in the history of Benson and Stabler. We're talking about law and order, SVU and law and order organized crime. So on SVU, uh, Benson and Stabler are partners for 12 years. There was a few bits where Olivia, in general, Mershka Hargitay, had to take a step back because she was pregnant. And so then they tried to separate them as partners and kind of create that plot line because of how violent uh, Stabler's character was getting. And he was taking it upon himself to like most likely kill pedophiles on his own and was becoming an incredibly dangerous cop. That's but, why I was really into him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was, oh my God. That's what drew my, that's what blew my brains when like, blew my brains, um, blew my mind when Cher was like, oh, look at that butt on Chris Maloney. It's like Chris Maloney's always had this butt. Like he, when he kicks those out, those doors down, it's like, did they go up in a size of pants just to get your ass to stretch at, like to make sure he doesn't rip his pants? Yeah. Oh my God. What a booty on a white boy. Like so into it. And so when they were partners, there was a few moments. There was a moment where he and Kathy were separated. There was 
a f- maybe two or three moments sprinkled throughout that you were like, wait, are they going to give us a Benson Stabler love situation? And if they are, do I want this? Right. Cause they're like, like partners and, yeah. but you could feel the chemistry. You could you feel, feel the sexual tension. And how can you not like he, when you actually look at him, he is kind of weird looking, but when you don't look at him for too long, you're like, you're so fucking hot. His body's hot. His yeah. face isn't. Yeah. I know, but he's but still, a face. but he's got a, go- he's got gorgeous blue eyes though, too. No, I mean, I I those not, ears. It's those I would want to hang ears. out with him for sure. Yeah. yeah. He's a weird dude as an actor. He's a real fucking theater nerd. And it's like, oh, I okay, he wears fedoras and like Hawaiian shirts in Staten Island. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, he's an odd human, but... But I love him so, so much. Yeah. Okay, so then fast forward uh, and then, you know, contract negotiations fell apart. Stabler, uh, Chris Maloney leaves the show, no exit. Craig and uh, I forget the actor that played Craig and Dan something. I mean, he should win. He should get an award. Uh, the cap- and, yeah, the captain. Yeah. Basically captain Craig and yeah, just tells Olivia like, hey, Stabler's not coming back. And she's like, what we, the- we don't know anything else. That's it. And then, yeah, like, yeah. As a viewer, you're like, wait, what? And yeah. now we're finally with criminal or I almost said criminal, criminal minds do this every yeah. time organized yeah. crime. They're trying to build out this storyline of why he left on the show and like what the the impact it left, obviously, not only on Olivia, but clearly yeah. residual feelings and everything that is. And Olivia's massive history of abandonment. So that's right. why it was like, what the hell, Stabler? Like, you know who what her family life was and like, how dare you? So so if you haven't watched Organized Crime up to this week, like then say goodbye, have a wonderful day because we'll we're going to spoil yeah. the hell out of this. So l- this week we get the second part of the crossover between them. And right for the, I think we may have mentioned this, but when Organized Crime started a couple weeks ago, it was as it comes out of a two hour crossover where you first see stabler on SBU and then the end of the episode it goes into organized crime yeah so and they kill Kathy his his wife wife of 30 years and what I can't get over on this episode is that everyone not everyone but like a couple people that's in the first episode yeah that's in the first episode now we're in episode five and in now this we're trying episode, to find out who killed Kathy. Kathy. Like, what was the thought process? Yeah, it? but did it not drive you insane that people were like, you need to move on? And I was like, I think she's been dead for two weeks. Yeah. My whole thing I kept saying is like, why aren't they telling him to take like a week off and going to going to therapy? Like, not well, because it'll never work with him. The intervention that they had, I think, was part of that. But yes, it was like, can we get a timeline? Because it seems like all this is happening in one week. I, I think, nor- yeah, normally I think the way that they, t- they timeline it out is about a week per episode. Like it's supposed to be a week after and stuff. So technically she's been dead for a month if yeah. we want to apply real world Which any time. normal man who lost his wife of 30 years, like they would need a lot more than a month. Who was assassinated <laughs> because of In the work of eyes. that you do. Yeah. So I was just so frustrated that people were like, you really need to move on. And then he kind of does. <laughs> So he meets up. Um, it's uh, it's it's the actress Angela Kinsey. I think we did this last week too. But it was the actress from Bones who's who plays Dylan McDermott's character's ex-wife, his first wife, and she's a math professor. 
and she's involved in the family drug business and you knew she was involved in the business, but Stabler irresponsibly like assumed because she is this very well put together, very well educated uh, professor who has then divorced the mobster and lost a son recently. Well, we don't know when he, but we're, I'm assuming the last few years. Or did we no, not the get Ra- the Rafi character dies like in that first episode? They okay, talk I don't about have to go back. They yeah, talk about how he died and when they when the um when they go in and do the drug bust. Yeah, so that's why the... they're both they're both connecting on the fact that they've both recently lost a significant other or recently lost the loved one, her being her son and him being his wife. That's also a big reason because they talk about that. No, I know that, but I'm thinking that like we don't know Rafi at all. Like we never we saw We never Rafi. saw Rafi, okay. but we heard about the yeah. shootout or whatever. So, it is. Okay. So I would have yeah. to go back to triple check because I'm thinking that timeline is that like a, in the last couple of years. No, I think it was during the same time frame where all this is happening. You just yeah. I mean, obviously that's not that important in what we're talking no, about. No, it is though for the plot of the show though. So I'm gonna have to go back and check yeah. it out. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so he and then in classic Stabler fashion, like is also attracted to her. I mean, she's well, she hot also, as hell. Yeah. I was just gonna say, I want her to be in everything. I think she's an incredible actress. She's gorgeous. I mean, I said this to Casey, like I could see her being the next leading actress in the next Shonda rhymes, like uh, you know show because she has that like strong um she I don't know she can hold a scene and I think yeah it should be more of like but I also elite. love that she was on Bones for 13 years and you just didn't watch Bones so you're like oh yeah who is it's like this woman's been here for no, I'm just fucking ever I think she's one of the best <laughs> yeah. actresses on the show that's awesome. yeah that's yeah. she carries like Bones gets ridiculous and she's like the only one yeah. keeping it grounded yeah uh but he yeah, so he kind of was like, oh, she must not be involved in any of this. Like, I'm going to – and he, like, can't handle his loss. He He's such a mess, and it's just classic stabler. He shows up to her house. She's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I don't even really, like, know yeah. why or how I got here. He goes, I was out. He goes, I was, I was driving around. He was like, I was coming. I was around in the neighborhood anyway. And then he stops himself, and he goes, that's a lie. And then there's silence. And then there's like a really intense makeout where I thought they were going to have sex because it was so animalistic. They did such a good job. It was, that's how animalistic his shit is in Oz with the oh, other God. male actors. Yeah. yeah and he hooks up with a couple of like the female guards, I think on that show. Well, he also gets the nun, the, the nun is played. Oh my God. She was in West Side Story. It's that older actress. Okay. Yeah. But it's fine. Um, it's that older actress. Uh, who's a Broadway legend who plays the nun on Oz and he gets her to think that she needs to like lead like she's so attracted to him but he just does it to manipulate her because he can and it's crazy well no because he's a sociopath narcissist and so it's just fantastic but yeah they have a hot hot makeout sesh but I knew they weren't gonna have sex because it was NBC and I was like they're not this is an HBO we're not gonna get like anything else out of this um and i was yelling the whole time like kathy died weeks ago 
Elliot. Like, you need to walk away. Yeah, I was like, there's no way they're going to bone because he's so Catholic. If he's going to do this with anyone, it better be Olivia. But yeah. And so, and then in the hallway scene, before he has the makeout sesh, when they are, I, I don't even remember what their conversation is about. I, was it a, a, was this the second part of the co- of the intervention where she's like, "You do need help," or I thought it was after they go go into the meeting where they have to talk about what went down. Correct. Yes. And he's like, "I had your back." Yeah. Yeah, and then it. she goes, "Stay right here." Well, there's two parts, and he go, and she goes stay right here that's an order and he goes i'm not going anywhere captain and i was like oh, yeah. i have the chills now thinking about it. i got so horned there was, up there oh was my a god lot of sexual tension in in the two hours because even the dylan mcdermott gina scene <sighs> gina, gina, first of all like is definitely the one to save the day what an I'm actress where they got too. this chick oh my god yeah i'm obsessed with her too because she is an undercover cop who is also very integral in the relationship between Dylan McDermott and, and the police. And yeah, I mean, yeah. And she goes, I like your can't, son. We can't Miss- over suggest you watching this show. Oh my God. Yeah. So there's a moment. Yeah. Olivia and Stabler like hold hands and like kind of walk away. Hold- I mean, that was too much already. I was dead. I mean, I think I sent Casey 8,000 texts with being, without telling her anything that's happening, but just being like, oh, holy shit. Like, mm-hmm. I'm screaming. I'm squealing. Yeah. My eyes, my mouth, everything was falling everywhere. And then, yeah, and Gina and Dylan McDermott, when he's like, it looks like they might kiss. And she's like, Mr. Wheatley, I like your son. I'm not going to sleep with you. And Dylan's like, will you? And she's like, I'm not ever going to sleep with you and he's like but now that she's presented a challenge that's where we have a problem because he goes good you passed the final test test. but it was like no the test is his dick they're definitely gonna fuck and i (laughs) can see that even though again to your point it's on nbc so we're not really gonna see it well i'm also curious because right off the bat with the crossover i was maybe expecting that he does assault gina and they have and because she's an undercover cop like there's a whole like I was wondering if maybe that that'll happen. I mean, we saw five more episodes of the season, so maybe that'll happen later. Because, yeah, it, it, only if it get if it adds to they it, still if it takes it away, the, yeah. they still got to find the bug in the um the wine, the wine this wine cellar in the wine cellar <laughs> cellar. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so that's what we've been watching, and we can't stop talking about it. And you guys need to watch it because the last second of the episode where they reveal who caused the hit on Kathy your brain oh yeah and then you go of course it is Stabler of your dick chose wrong you dumb bitch (laughs) that's where I go you got to get a better picker come on bro join the club you have a better picker yeah um so yeah go watch that I might rewatch it yeah and I guess uh anything else before no that's it we call it a day I ordered right. too much Chinese food and I have to eat dumplings and fried rice all weekend. So. Oh, we feel so bad for you. That sounds like the dream weekend. Not if it's every meal. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Well, but I it's because I ordered the same meal twice without realizing it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a Casey problem if I ever did hear one. Oh, God. Yep. And that's and on all. That note, yeah. I guess we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you.
Detective Stabler. 